Hello and welcome to the episode of Octal FM Soundbite. I'm Sefran. And I'm Gelada. And today we're following up on our previous episode that we recorded, but isn't out yet, it's coming out next week, which is mm. we look at some of the games that we predicted were going to be quite important or, or, or good or we were going to enjoy for this year, last year, when we did our predictions episode. Yep. And we're going to run through some of those predictions and how they ended up panning out. Hmm. Yeah, and I mean, the year certainly didn't pan out how we expected. <laughs> no. um, but some of the games did, and some of the games didn't. The I think there's a there's an obvious one, which we don't really even need to talk about because we've talked about it so much, but Animal Crossing, Animal Crossing's New Horizon. Animal Crossing's Animal Animal Crossing New Horizons. Wow, I, I could not say that. That was title. a mouthful. <laughs> um, like... Yeah, I mean, I don't think what we couldn't predict when we did our, you know, back in at the end of 2019 was how big of a deal it would be given the global situation. Mm, the current state um, of the world, yeah. Yeah, I don't think anyone could have predicted that uh, unless you believe the conspiracy theory that it was Nintendo all along. Um, <laughs> hey, that's but, the most yeah. wholesome conspiracy theory I've ever heard about coronavirus <laughs> up until this point. It was Tom um, yeah, Nook like, all along. That definitely, <laughs> yeah. he's taken things too bells. far, you know, too far for those bells, man. <laughs> Timmy and Tommy will uh, distribute the vaccine, but only yeah, when you exactly. take him 10,000 nook miles. Exactly, exactly. Too Get soon? back on topic. Definitely too soon. Yeah, too soon. Uh, That's <laughs> it's always going to be too soon. Um, but yeah, like, you know, th- that was something we were predicted we were looking forward to, and I definitely got exactly what I expected out of it. No more, no less. Mm, pretty much. Um, we we did a whole lot of episodes on it already. Like we've done yeah. episodes 89, 93 and 102, all of which are on Animal Crossing New Horizons of some yeah. description, both the lead up to it, reviews of it, opinions on it and the current state mm-hmm. of the pandemic, etc. And we've also got an upcoming episode of uh, Animal Crossing Retrospective as well, which yep. we've already recorded, but it hasn't, isn't going to come out for a little while yet. Yeah. Um, where we talk, we talk for two whole episodes, 45 yeah. minutes each, about the entirety of the Animal Crossing series, of which I mean, at this point, New we've probably talked... We've probably talked about Animal Crossing more than we've talked about The Legend of Zelda, which is Which is weird. pretty crazy, yeah. Um, <laughs> so that doesn't really need much more discussion. That came out, it was really good. Um, the fact that they delayed it definitely paid off because the game mm. launched and it was pretty solid. Like, there was a few small teething issues, but nothing major, honestly. The game was mm. very solid on day one release, which yeah. I think most of us played it on day one, um, oh, yeah. you know, like in terms of our friendship group. So yeah, like good on them. Good on Nintendo for getting the game pretty much bang on from the get-go um yep. which can't be said for certain games that came out this year that we'll talk about in the episode that you'll listen to following this one mm, yes. um oh. but another game that came out which was really surprising that i haven't played in fairness but it obviously did very well uh, was final fantasy 7 remake yeah like i was do i do i remember being skeptical i was de- if i didn't say I it on the skeptical. show yeah like i remember being like this is going to anger fans because it's only part of the game and that's not going to be okay or it's never going to come out Mm. it's just or it's going to be completely different to what they were kind of touting and everything like that but no it came out it looks amazing it's got really good reviews like everything it it basically accomplished anything it it, it promised to do yeah like um it it didn't have the entirety of the story but it really fleshed out the areas of the story that it did decide to focus on in the whole midgar Mm. section you know yeah it looks absolutely fantastic they've done a really great job i'm i'm assuming it's some form of version of the final fantasy 15 engine Mm, Um, it looks really great on the ps4 like it Mm. it's not like they had to downgrade it because of the worried about the ps5 upgrades which will inevitably get made i'm sure Mm. um so you know but it looks fantastic for the hardware 
everywhere. Um, it plays really well. The story is really great. Like they've really fleshed it out a lot, you know. So mm. yeah, I think if you were excited for Final Fantasy VII, you you wouldn't have been disappointed as a result. Yeah. Um, and even newcomers to the series as a whole probably got like a great, really great action installment uh, RPG game to enjoy too. Mm. Yeah, a game that um, I was definitely excited about that I haven't actually completed. Um, <gasps> but uh, yeah, I know. But uh, it's Half-Life Alex, right? Um, mm. Which we, we talked about in episode 96, uh, came out in March. And we said in the in the upcoming episodes, I think. Yeah, we mentioned how like this was the game that was going to sort of like lead the charge for VR, right? It was going to yeah. be the one that's going to break the ground for getting full proper VR games rather than effectively just tech demos. Yeah, I think what's kind of ridiculous thinking about it is you know from from reading stuff and watching videos about the development process you know this was a game that valve invested a lot of time and money Mm. and effort into there were a lot of people on the project and i think if anything it shows that yeah vr isn't ready for that kind of commitment because half-life alex Alex is essentially Half-Life 3. Like it is a full Half-Life game. It it you know, it should have the same impact and it hasn't. I no. don't think it's had the same impact on like the the zeitgeist of of the video game world yeah like the original did and half of 2 did yeah and to some extent even the episodic content did. Yeah, uh, and, with things like and the I orange box. That, yeah, exactly. And you know it does it deserves to have more of an impact than that mm. and it, whereas instead it, it was is... kind of relegated to like best vr game for the video game awards and that's yeah, kind of exactly. it really which seems like a little bit of a, a little bit of a flat note considering how much effort was put into it and exactly. how important the half-life section of games is to kind of moving gaming forward which exactly just like you say goes to show that maybe just vr is not there yet not necessarily yeah. in terms of its technical capabilities more in terms of its accessibility mm. i think it is accessibility 100 percent. i think technically it's there you know with the especially with the quest and the quest 2 mm. admittedly alex isn't on those but like that's not the point like i think it's the hardware is capable of delivering really solid really good vr experiences it's just the the cost the barrier to entry needing loads of space Mm. you know and you know and i think that there's just a finite limit on how much time anyone can spend in vr most people can spend in vr and i think that's a real challenge you know when you you get in a, a company that's as qualified as they are to make games as valve and it still doesn't quite work what hope has almost any other company got to make it Work, exactly you know? exactly so yeah a way off for sure we, we played a few other little games um mm. but most of them honestly fell by the wayside for me that yeah. i was looking forward to um like for example iron harvest i was pretty mm. pretty excited for yeah but i still haven't picked it up and do you know what it is do you know why i haven't picked it up it's a bit, bit expensive just, right? just, it's a bit expensive still it was like mm. i think it went on offer this week of recording actually but it was still only like 20 or 30 percent off and it was still like 30 three pounds or something 35 pounds yeah. like it's not to say that it isn't worth that price but i have so many games mm. i don't really want to spend that much money on a game that i'm otherwise fairly happy to not play yet too yeah but it looks really th- good yeah it does look good it's not like scored you know crazily amazingly on um, it's pretty niche general, because like but, yeah the rts genre as a whole has been pretty stagnant for a long time now like yeah the only real rts games you get nowadays are from the same couple of developers over and over again and even yeah. then they're not even 
proper RTS games, I would argue. They're more like, like your grand strategy. Yes, exactly. Your grand strategy style Total War games. Exactly. So I can see why it maybe didn't do super well because majority of the audiences have either moved on or forgotten. And I think there's not a lot of call for it right now, but it looks really good. And I think they've done a great job of creating that Dawn of War, Company of Heroes style, squad based kind of close up combat gameplay for an rts mm. game and i will yeah. pick it up 100 percent will pick up it it certainly hasn't put me off for anything that i've seen of it hasn't put me off and picking up at some point mm. or another mm. you had a few more as well didn't you i think like sable you mentioned in the in the episode which isn't even out yet like has just been delayed as a, like, yeah. an indie title i mean a few of them have just been put off unfortunately like yeah. that and uh industries of titan as well um both yeah. have been just sort of put back um so. haven i think has only just come out it's like a maybe a month not ago to play like two character um like indie game indie mm. story game yeah literally only just come out so like i just haven't played it yet honestly yeah uh, there was a demo that I quite enjoyed like mm-hmm. and it, it, it very much the, the main reason that I was interested in it was the visuals are really kind of interesting yes. and, and starlight yeah. I love the colors I love the, the way they've colored the game it looks mm-hmm. fantastic so I will pick it up again and I enjoyed playing the demo so it's definitely something that I will continue to look into yeah only other games I, I kind of picked up wants to pick up that haven't played yet even though I own them is things like coffee talk for example mm, yeah but honestly we played Red Strings Club on Game Club, and yeah. it feels very similar. There's quite a few of those sorts of games that came out close proximity to one another. Like that, there's Coffee Talk, there's Red Strings Club. I also played a game called Neo Cab this year. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Which I didn't talk about, I don't think, in the previous episode. But that has a similar sort of vibe where it's mostly just about like talking to people and sort of like learning about their yeah. their backstories and their interests and sort of feels what's like going on with them. feels like that's been a big thing for... I don't know if that's been a big thing in terms of releases this year or just in terms of games we've like talked about and played. Yeah, <laughs> no, 100%. Because there's also that, that that and there was um, like Valhalla, the Cafe Valhalla or whatever it was yep. called. There's like Necro Barista, mm. um, you know, a lot of similar style of games. Yeah, whether mm. or not it's just yeah. us picking up on them and the algorithm doing a fantastic job of putting them in our faces. Yeah. Or there's just been quite a few of them in general this year, I don't know. Um, in my head, even though this isn't true, but I feel like they... It's like a success subgenre out of game jams because mm. I feel like that's the kind of game that would thrive in like a game jam setting, like yeah. a game that's been made. In, if you're not familiar, it's like games where, where like a bunch of sort of indie devs is kind of all making games under maybe a time limit or like in a period of a week or something like that. And like just exploring crazy options, you know, things that end up on itch.io and yeah, stuff like that. Sure. And I feel like this kind of like style of like you're a cafe person and there's a story and there's like fun little mini games. Maybe mm. it's just very, very game jam mm, um yeah you know, and it's, it's and then also that then draws in that sort of artistic crowd as well yeah which exactly. is going to enjoy that slightly more artsy story exactly exactly but not but a bad yes. year by any means no. and, and honestly it's kind of interesting that the indie games are the ones that fell by the wayside this time which is quite yeah. unusual and the, the big unusual. name titles have, have come through and actually done really well you're absolutely right it normally is the other way around mm. right we're normally talking about oh no still you know big AAA titles still yeah. not moved for another year yeah quite <laughs> and the indie titles come out like ahead of time or they're on yeah. early access and they're doing really well with all their updates and stuff but no i mean the three main games we talked about in this entire episode have all been major AAA releases you know from yep. huge companies and and they've all hit the mark and, and done a great job so yeah. uh so really well, well done to the big companies this year you know, can't yeah, actually fault them, although there's plenty of fault that can be given. Yeah. Let's not talk about those ones. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, I wonder if that's a it's an interesting point of discussion, not for this soundbite, but for another time, is mm. whether 
is, you know, maybe in a year or two years time, looking back on 2020 from a like the video game industry point of view, you know, what has changed? What, how has coronavirus affected things mm. or not? Um, you know, in terms of, yeah, have indie indie games maybe suffered mm. more? Because at least big companies have the, the money to sort of back it up over a, yeah. a prolonged period of time and have more people working from home without being too mm. problematic. Whereas yeah. indie devs are going to struggle to sort of carry on as they were with because yeah. they're kind of more fragile, aren't they? A little bit more easy to yeah. break, be, be broken as a exactly. result of their also, disruptions. You know, the 2020 really releases you know they're they're ready to go 2019 you know they're in that they're all locked in yeah. you know reasonably they're they're far through development you know they're just tweaks like that, here and there for the most part indie titles potentially in a much earlier state mm. you know and uh, looking to wrap up all in one go and yeah. and are more vol- you know susceptible to to changes mm. anyway very interesting interesting to look back and, and look at the things that we talked about and what actually happened but what games have you played this year that uh, mm. we haven't mentioned it's been a good year for games in fairness like mm. there's been lots of great games so do get in touch with us and let us know uh, what games you've been enjoying you can get us yeah, on all the usual send us an email socials or a tweet or whatever usual thing um but until the next episode i've been Sefran and i've been gelada and catch us again for another episode of octlevem soundbite very soon